Welcome back to the 831 Podcast, and we're celebrating Alpine Canada, its 100th anniversary, and we're continuing in the stories that made a difference in my life on the 831 Podcast because there were 831 people that helped me become an Olympic skier and a national champion and all the things that I accomplished. And we're continuing with the question this week, how can we be the kind of person that makes a difference? I'm Jungle Jim Hunter, and this is the 831 Living Your Best Life podcast, and I hope you'll be inspired and empowered. Go to your favorite podcast provider or junglejimhunter.com, and please subscribe, download, click on like, and let us know how we can help you, and please rate and review us. Today, we're going to talk about the Ski Meister Ski Club, as it was in the early days when I joined it. And they are numbers 22 to number 60. The Canadian National Team Training Centre was in Nelson, B.C. in the province of British Columbia and Western Canada. The summer ski training was on the Kokanee Glacier with the Athletes Village in Army Tents next to the Sulcan Chief Cabin at the foot of the glacier. The national team invited the best of the best of the best, recommended by the provinces. The camp at the foot of the glacier was managed by the national team and run by the director of the domestic program that had become a source of selection evaluation of who might be good enough to be on the national team someday. The Schemeisters was growing each year, and in 1967 was a club of about 25 kids and six coaches and various volunteers that did the jobs that had to be done. The Schemeisters discussed with my dad to send me to the camp. I had never won anything, and my dad still wasn't inspired to believe that I was going to be an Olympic skier. The coaches insisted that I be given a chance to go. He relented, and I went. The Ski Meisters Club was unique because it was started by a group of friends that came from Manitoba and they set exceptionally high standards for what they were about. It was to be a club that was more about the racers and the kids than it was about anyone else. After all, they would tell you that in the end it is the young athlete that has to step into the arena of competition. In the two and a half years as a Ski Meister that I had been with them, everything they did was raising my desire to be the best. We stayed in youth hostels, bed and breakfast places, because it was the most affordable way to train and race in the winter. In the spring, we hiked when the lifts were closed to high places to train. We carried the gates to the top of the mountain. In the summer, we met to do physical training every Tuesday and Thursday, and on the weekends, ran up mountains like Tunnel Mountain, Heart Mountain, Mount Norquay, and my favorite, the amphitheater on the back of Cascade Mountain. The coaches were all very accomplished and committed cyclists, and if you were not hiking and running, well, you were cycling. They set up a program to train at the University of Calgary with a sports physiologist, and if the weather was nasty, we still had a great place to train, so we never missed the opportunity. A ski meister? Well, it's someone that has mastered the sport of skiing, and they developed a couple of simple, straightforward systems so that it was best for the kids with simple guidelines. These guidelines ran the club. First of all, they were all volunteers. Number two, no parent could be a member. Yeah, you heard me right. No parent could be a member. <laughs> they had nothing to do with what the decisions were. Number three, every child earned the right to be on the club because of commitment. You had to earn the right. Number four, every activity was available for every kid designed to strengthen the body and the character of the kid. Number five, each year they will prepare kids to have a chance to make the national team. And finally, number six, kids earned each opportunity on merit. Every one of these activities was a test. 
They did not push you. They didn't tell you it was a test. They just did it. And they would show the lead and let you set the pace. And then they stayed with you and allowed you to raise the bar. But you had to raise the bar. You had to demonstrate that you were going to be the best of the best of the best. My favorite test was the fact that they wanted you to be the best, so we trained at the toughest mountain to ski on, Mount Norquay. At the end of the day, we would train tough courses, ski the Lone Pine, the Bowl, the North American Runs, and then each weekend, we would jump off the Olympic jumps to learn how to be comfortable in the air. The first time I trained there, after a full day of skiing, the coach told me there was a power line cut line from the end of the parking lot that crossed the road four times the switchbacks down to the number one highway. This meant after a full day of skiing, you ran in virgin snow straight down while the coach drove the seven to eight kilometer seven switchback ski hill road to the highway. The goal, beat the coach to the highway. I was loaded with my equipment in his car and without hesitation took off running in my ski boots. I ran, stumbled, rolled, fell, fought for every step. The first time the coach beat me, but next time I had changed into my running gear and hiking boots and with only one thing in mind, I would beat the coach. Every athlete had the same opportunity, but in all the years I was a ski meister, few athletes took up the challenge. They laughed at it. They mocked me. They made fun of me, but I did it anyway. The coaches constantly created opportunities to excel, which is exactly what they were looking for. My mom thought I would need protection from the sun going to the glacier at the summer camp and so bought me a styrofoam safari hat. I liked the Slocan Chief Cabin and stepped into the best training environment I had ever been in. Canadian Army tents at the foot of the glacier and Jungle Jim was born. How do I say thank you enough to the Ski Meister Ski Club that allowed me to step into an environment of opportunity to be the best? Each athlete I skied with was raising the bar and I watched many join the national team because of the pure program they ran. 831 people helped me because I was willing to do the work before being asked to do so. The Ski Meister Club had stiff competition across Canada and I soon learned that the clubs in almost every province were raising champions the same way. It was not about the privileged, gifted, talented, politically connected. It was about those willing to be crazy enough to define what Canadians are. In the second verse of our national anthem, it says this, The land of hope for all who toil, the true North strong and free. We memorized the national anthem and we sang it. And we sang it proudly because we knew that this was a land of hope where we could all toil and become the true North strong and free. The original meaning of the word kind carries with it something that is lost in the English translation. Its core meaning is being kind is chiefly an act of grace, but it also refers to an act that is useful, serviceable, and adapted to its purpose. In other words, The act of doing something for someone else is not only good, but good for you. This is the kind of people the Ski Meister Ski Club was. My quote for the day, Be the kind of person whose kindness is not just good, but good enough to make them their best. I'm Jungle Jim Hunter, and you've been listening to 831 Living Your Best Life podcast. I hope I inspired you today and empowered you to do whatever it takes 
to be kind to others in such a way that it benefits them beyond just being graceful. My 1% personal dare today, 1% of your day is 15 minutes. That's all I ask for, is to ask you to take these seven minutes and listen to this podcast again while sharing it with somebody else. And then think about the 8 to 31 people you can do something that is not only kind and good, but goes further and make sure it is good for them. My next podcast, I hope you will have grown before we meet again. Thanks for listening.